Welcome to the podcast for Movement Church in New York City, a church family seeking a Jesus movement together. In episode two, we continue our series in the Holy Spirit with Pastor Mike Doyle. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike, and in this podcast, I want to look at the names of the Holy Spirit, and I think that this is an excellent way for us to grow in our knowledge of the Holy Spirit, and I think we'd actually, I I think you'll actually be surprised to find that there's 33 different names for the Holy Spirit in the Bible, and it's not just the New Testament, we actually see the Holy Spirit a lot in the Old Testament as well. I mean, really, we see the Holy Spirit right there in Genesis Um, 1 verse 2 where it says and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep and we'll talk about that more in just a moment but the Hebrew is the Ruach Elohim and right there right in the second verse of the Bible we see the Holy Spirit that's how important the Holy Spirit is to the storyline of the Bible but let's just jump right in there's 33 names we're going to go through them pretty quickly I'll give the name the verse reference and I'll comment on a few of them but let's just start at the top and we'll work our way through so the first name we see for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Glory, and that's in 1 Peter 4.14. Another name we see for the Holy Spirit is the Lord, and that's 1 Thessalonians 3.5. And that's important because, you know, one of the names for God in the Old Testament was Yahweh. But instead of writing Yahweh, we translate it the Lord. And so what we see right here in the New Testament is the title Lord, which is the title for Yahweh, for God in the Old Testament, is being applied to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is God. Which that leads right into our next name for the Holy Spirit, and that's God. In Acts chapter 5, verses 3-4, through 4, the Holy Spirit is called God. So the Holy Spirit, as we talked about, in the person of the Holy Spirit, He's not just a force, He's not just a power, He's not just an essence, He's actually God Himself. The Holy Spirit is God, coming, dwelling with us, being with us. And the Holy Spirit is divine. So it's not just the power of God. It is the power of God, but it's actually the presence of God himself, which is a pretty radical concept. The God that created the universe comes and dwells inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, He's called the Spirit of Revelation in Ephesians 1.17. And what that is is, you know, when you look at the Bible, how did the authors of the Bible receive the information about God that they did. They received it by revelation. The Bible's not human ideas. It's not philosophy. It's not the thoughts of man. It's revelation from God. And what revelation is, is revelation is information from God that there's no way we could have known it without God revealing it to it. God had to make it known to us. There's a lot about God that we can see from the natural world, but there's some things about God that the only way we would know them is if they were revealed to us, that God is a trinity, that God loves us, what the mind of God is, what the will of God is, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of revelation. So the Bible is 66 books written by 40 different authors, and where did those 40 different authors, you know, get the information that they got? They got it from the Holy Spirit. They wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, from Moses to David to Matthew to Luke to John to Paul. The spirit of revelation inspired them, revealed God to them, and they wrote it down, and it's uh, recorded for us in the scriptures. So he's called the spirit of revelation. He's the one who reveals God to us. He's called the spirit of the Son, Galatians 4, 6. The Holy Spirit is also the spirit of Jesus. And so when the spirit of God comes and takes up residence in us, Jesus is taking up residence in us as well. 
He's called the Spirit of God. And again, I already talked about that, but we see that in Genesis 1-2, 1 Corinthians 2-11, and Job 33-4. And he's a creative spirit. You know, we see him right there in the book of Genesis, shaping the world, creating the world, forming the world. It'll say later in the Old Testament that the Spirit of God renews the face of the earth, that when spring comes and all the trees get their new leaves back and the flowers begin to bloom, what's the force behind that? It's the Spirit of God. He's called the Spirit of Wisdom. In Isaiah 11, verse 2, and in Ephesians 1, 17, he gives us supernatural wisdom. You know, Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived. And what's interesting about Solomon's story was God appeared to him and said, Solomon, I'll give you anything you want. And Solomon said, I'd like wisdom. And, said, and then God said, because you've asked for wisdom, I'll give you wisdom, but I'll also give you power and wealth and all these other things. Well, where did that wisdom come to Solomon? It came to him by the Holy Spirit. He's called uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord in Isaiah 11, 2, Acts 5, 9. He's called the Eternal Spirit in Hebrews 9, 14. The Holy Spirit's eternal. He's never been created. He wasn't created by God. He's existed before time began. He'll exist after time is over. He's eternal. He has existed forever. He's called the Spirit of Counsel in Isaiah 11:2, And so the Holy Spirit, he can give us counsel. He can give us wisdom. He can give us guidance and direction. You know, we, we need counsel. We need someone to help us navigate our way through life. Well, the Holy Spirit's there to help us. He's called the spirit of might in Isaiah 11.2. You know, you look at Samson. Where does Samson get that supernatural strength, you know, to where he could kill so many people and push down the pillars? What made Solomon so strong? It was the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of might. You know, and you look in the New Testament when the, when the apostles and the early Christians have this incredible spiritual power. Where did that might come from? It came from the Spirit of God. He's called the Spirit of Understanding, Isaiah 11.2. He opens our mind and he helps us understand things. He makes sense of the scriptures to us. He's called the Spirit of Knowledge in Isaiah 11.2. Where do we get knowledge of God? It comes from the Holy Spirit. The other thing I would say, too, is that, you know, that wherever Christianity has gone and flourished, one of the things that came with it was an increase in knowledge. You know, science was born in, out of Christian Europe. It was a side effect of, as people embraced the Christian faith, their minds were opened, knowledge increased, and the whole world was blessed because of it. He's called the spirit of the fear of the Lord, Isaiah 11.2. Another sign that the Holy Spirit is at work in somebody's life is they have a fear of God. And the fear of God, what does it mean to fear God? Well, it means to fear God in the sense that, you know, we should be afraid of him. But it also means a sense of holiness and reverence and respect. You know, one of the things the Spirit of God does is he puts within us just this deep love and this deep respect and this deep admiration and fear of God. And it's a sign of the Spirit of God working in our lives. He's called the Spirit of Judgment. Isaiah 4.4 4 and Isaiah 28.6. He's called the Spirit of Burning. Isaiah 4.4. 4. You know, one of the things the Spirit of God does when, he, when he's at work in somebody's life is he sets them on fire for God. And there, there's, there's a burning for God. There, there's an internal passion. There's an internal heat and fire when somebody is filled with the Spirit of God. You know, you look at the early Christians and the passion that they had, or you look at the great Christians down through church history or the revivals. There, there was a, 
They had burning hearts. Well, where did those burning hearts come from? That comes from the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of burning. He's called the Spirit of the Lord God in Isaiah 61.1. He's called the breath of the Almighty in Job 33.4. He's called the Comforter in John 14.6, in John 14.26, and in John 15.26. And I talked about this in the person of the Holy Spirit. This is one of my favorite names for the Holy Spirit. He comforts us. He brings peace to our minds. He brings peace to our hearts. When we get discouraged or beat down, the Spirit of God comes inside of us and He strengthens us and He encourages us and He builds us up. You know, the Holy Spirit convicts us, but He never condemns us. And conviction is just the Holy Spirit wanting to set us free from a bad habit or an addiction or a sin pattern or a besetting sin. He wants to deliver us and set us free so we can walk in joy and peace and power. So the Holy Spirit never condemns us. He convicts us and He comforts us. And so when we're sad or we're burnt out or we're hurt or we're wounded, we can actually turn to the Holy Spirit. We can spend time in prayer. We can get into the Bible. We can put some worship music on. We can go for a prayer walk. You know what will happen? The Holy Spirit will meet us and he will comfort us because he's the comforter. He's called the Spirit of Truth in John 14, 17 and John 15, 26. And this is also another one of those things where if we want to walk in tune with the Holy Spirit, then we have to be people of truth, and we have to walk in truth. You know, it says in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then John continues on, and he says, and, he says, and if we want to have fellowship with one another, we have to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. And the only way we can have true, honest fellowship with God and with one another is when, is when everybody's walking in truth. But when we're hiding things or there's deception or there's secrets, then that cuts off fellowship. It cuts us off from God. It cuts us off from one another. But the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. And that's why the people of God, we're a people of truth. We want to know the truth. We want to walk in the truth. We want to be honest and have integrity. We want to be clear. We want to be transparent. We want to be an open book. We want to be people of truth because he's the spirit of truth. He's called the power of the highest in Luke 135. He's called the spirit of the father in Matthew 10:20. He's called the spirit in Matthew 4:1, John 3:6 and 1 Timothy 4:1. And you know, when he's called the spirit, you know, he's distinct from Jesus in the sense that, you know, Jesus actually came in physical form, but the Holy Spirit is non-material. He's a spirit being. Now, what is spirit? It's, it's some kind of non-physical essence, some kind of non-material essence. Well, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know what spirit is, but it's not physical. It's not made out of matter. And so he's, um, he's, he's a spirit. But the, but the upside of him being a spirit is he can dwell inside of us. He can, he can move through material walls. He can be everywhere at one time. He doesn't have the limitations that a physical being has. He's called the good spirit in Nehemiah 9.20 and Psalm 143, verse 10. And I love that. Because in the Bible, you have what's called evil spirits. And that's what demons are. But he's the good spirit. And what's also interesting is, you know, a demon-possessed person, what it, they're possessed by a demon. They're possessed by an evil spirit. But a Christian is, is possessed, but they're possessed by the Holy Spirit, the good spirit. And so we have, a whole, we have a spirit that has filled us and has taken control of us, 
but it's the good spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And again, that leads right into the next name. He's called the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 51, 11, Luke 11, 13, Ephesians 1, 13, Ephesians 4, 30. And this is important to know, too, is that because the Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit, then if we want to walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, if we want to walk in harmony with the Holy Spirit, then we need to walk in holiness as well. And also a side effect of the Spirit of God's presence in our lives will be a greater level of holiness, a greater level of purity. You know, and look, we all wrestle with this. It's, we live in a, a fallen world, and living in, if, you live in, if, you're here, if you're listening to us in New York City, we're just kind of surrounded by everything that's trying to feed our flesh and, and grab the attention of our flesh. And so New York City can be a very challenging place to walk in the Holy Spirit, but that's why there's grace. That's why the Holy Spirit empowers us. But if we want to walk, you know, more in tune with the Holy Spirit, then we need to at least have the aim of our lives, the pursuit of our lives, to be chasing after greater holiness because he's the Holy Spirit. We want holiness in our churches. We want holiness in our worship, and we want holiness in our lives. He's called the free spirit in Psalm fifty-one, twelve. I just think that's a great name. He's free. You know, I was reading today in uh, Galatians 4, Paul says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. The Holy Spirit's free. He, he's free from any limitations. And when he comes into our lives, he sets us free. He gives us freedom, and he wants us to walk in that freedom. He doesn't want us to be enslaved to anything, whether it's any kind of addiction or it's debt or it's fear. He wants to set us free. He's a free spirit, and he wants to give us the same freedom that he walks in. He's called the spirit of prophecy in Revelation 19.10. Again, who inspired the prophets to prophesy? Who gave the prophets the ability to see into the future and to predict things that are going to happen before they happen? The Spirit of God. And the Spirit, and then also, you know, the, the Spirit of prophecy, what does it always do? It always points to Jesus. What is the ultimate fulfillment, basically, of every prophecy in the Bible? Ultimately, it's Jesus. But who supernaturally inspired the prophets to be able to predict things that would happen, you know, in some cases, thousands of years in the future? The Holy Spirit, because He's the Spirit of prophecy. He's called the seven spirits of God in Revelation 1 4. And that points back to. Isaiah chapter 11, where Isaiah, he lists out kind of seven characteristics of the Spirit of God. That's what that's pointing back to. He's called the Spirit of Holiness in Romans 1.4. Who helps us be holy? The Holy Spirit helps us be holy. He's the Spirit of Holiness. You know, I like the old worship song, What is Holiness? But it's Christ in me. He's the Spirit of Adoption, Romans 8.15. What happens is, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we become children of God. We're adopted into the family of God. And then the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and we cry out, Abba, Father. It's the spirit of adoption. Now that we're the children of God by adoption, we have God's spirit living inside of us and he's the spirit of adoption. He's called the spirit of life in Romans 8, 2, Revelation 11, 11. He's called the spirit of Christ in Romans 8, 9 and 1 Peter 1, 11. And he's called the spirit of grace in Zechariah 12.10 and Hebrews 10.29. And in addition to these, there's many other references to the Holy Spirit in both the Old and the New Testament. Some Bible scholars count as many as 100, 126 different names for the Holy Spirit. You know, and I didn't want to overwhelm you in this podcast, but if you want to, I encourage you, if this intrigues you, to 
get a concordance, get some Bible handbooks, and do an even deeper dive into this. Fully explore all the names of the Holy Spirit. Because really what it is is the Holy Spirit is like a, like a multifaceted diamond, and each one of these names is like a different facet of that diamond. And as you hold that diamond in your hand and you turn it, you get new insight and a new perspective on the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit becomes greater and broader in our understanding of Him. And the bottom line is the more we know about God, the deeper will become our walk with God. Um, another name that Jesus gives for the Holy Spirit is he calls him the helper. And he calls him this four times in John's gospel. In John 14, 16, John 26, John 15, 26, and John 16, 7. I just love that. The Holy Spirit has come to help us. God hasn't left us down here on our own to try to live the Christian life in our own ability and our own strength, but he's given the Spirit of God to help us. And so I hope this podcast was insightful for you. There's 33 names for the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you to, to think about these names, meditate on these names, you know, write some of them down. Maybe put them on a three by five card and put it on your refrigerator. But begin to meditate on the Holy Spirit. Begin to think about the Holy Spirit. Begin to cultivate a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit because I'm absolutely convinced that the secret to the Christian life is the power of the Holy Spirit. So I hope this podcast has been helpful. In our next podcast, and this will be our last podcast in the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hey, I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Please send us a message if this was helpful and let us know how we can help you and what more resources you want so we can equip you so you can better follow Jesus. Love you so much. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Movement Church NYC to stay up to date with everything that's going on with movement. God bless.